Well, welcome to uh, Julianne Genta, who is the finance spokesperson for the Green Party. He's just come up with a, an interesting new policy, a excess profits tax. Tell us about um, how this would work and why it's needed. Kia ora. So to start with, we think everyone in New Zealand should be able to afford the basics and make ends meet. Right now, a lot of Kiwi families are really struggling with rising prices, rents and mortgages are going up, uh, petrol prices have been up, um, electricity prices up, and of course, uh, supermarket food is expensive. So all of these things are driving the CPI. And then at the same time, we see that the big corporates who dominate these sectors are posting record profits. And around the world, we've seen something called a windfall tax or an excess profits tax being rolled out in other countries to deal with comparable situation, which is that some sectors have really benefited from government responses to the pandemic, but also the war in Ukraine has caused some uh, scarcity and inflation. And when there's a sector that's getting excess profit from circumstances that have nothing to do with their own investment or their own efficiencies, then economically it makes a lot of sense to apply a higher tax rate to that excess profit. Government can then use that to invest in public goods and services, um, particularly those we've suggested targeted at um, making those savings for New Zealanders. So there's areas like we have a terrible problem with inefficient houses and we could be investing in retrofits and insulation at a greater level that would help reduce the need for New Zealanders to use, rely so much on electricity. Um, we could be investing in free public transport, far more buses and trains and the you know, frequency of that. That means people are relying less on petrol. Um, and also there's a lot we can do in the income space, wiping debt for vulnerable people, which would really help them at this time. So that's what we've suggested any revenue should be used for. And um, how would it work? Um, who would have to pay it? How much? So we've put out a discussion document because there are some policy choices. There's a couple of different methods for calculating an excess profits tax. It can, you can look at average earnings when uh, it's departed from average earnings quite a bit, or you can look at it um, on an invested capital method. And I think previously when a windfall tax was used in New Zealand during World War I and World War II, um, they actually had a choice between which method they, they the government used to calculate their excess profit. Um, we've also had a suggestion that maybe the simplest thing to do would be just to raise, well, put the corporate company tax rate back to what it was, 33% at least, to align it with the trust rate. And that wouldn't really disadvantage small New Zealand businesses at all, but it would raise quite significant revenue from large corporates, and particularly those um, you know, overseas owned. And that would really help government a lot out at this time and help the people of New Zealand. So the idea of a windfall profits tax, you're right, has been used um, overseas uh, in the um, UK and, uh, and also in Europe uh, and even in Australia, particularly around uh, energy uh, uh, profits, because when you have a supply shock like Ukraine or the, um, uh, the oil embargoes of the 70s, there's a massive increase in profit, which, as you say, isn't earned. But why extend this profit? I know you call it an excess profits tax, but why extend it across more areas? 
Well, I think that we can see in New Zealand, particularly because we have a few sectors that are just dominated by a few big players, that um, trying to introduce more competition hasn't really worked to bring down prices. And so it could be quite a useful tool when you there's a clear demonstration of excess profit. Um, and it doesn't, it's not, it doesn't have to be an ongoing thing. You know, it's something that actually can apply retrospectively. Um, so there's some advantages with that, um, that it's well, harder to avoid. <laughs> um, and, you know, but it is just a one-off. So the type of investments you would make on the public side kind of have to be more one-off rather than ongoing from that, from that point of view. Um, you can also uh, not do it re retrospectively. You can you know, identify an area and say, from now, we're going to be applying the excess profits tax for the next year. Um, and so that's one of the things we've put in our discussion document. Uh, they have been applied to banks before, um, like Margaret Thatcher in, 19, in the 1980s. Yeah, that's an unusual one a lot of people won't have heard about. Tell us about that. So obviously interest rates were very high at that time in the late 70s, early 80s, and Margaret Thatcher came in and um, you know, saw the banks were making, creaming it on the higher interest rates, and uh, she stuck to her guns, applied the excess profits tax, raised um, a good amount of revenue, which government was able to use, and you know, I, I do have to commend her, not a fan of Margaret Thatcher generally, <laughs> but that she was clear that the banks while they didn't like the idea of paying the excess profit tax, it was right and fair to do it because they were profiting from the government's policy, not from anything they were doing themselves. And I think, you know, post-COVID, we're really seeing a similar situation with the banks in New Zealand. We've always had a problem with the big Aussie banks sucking a lot of profit out of the country. And New Zealand is their most profitable area, I believe, more profitable than any other state in Australia. Um, but you know they benefited from the monetary stimulus during the COVID years and the lockdown, rising asset prices. And now, you know, even if house prices are dropping, um, the banks are, are going to be doing well out of higher interest rates. So it's like heads they win, tails we lose uh, for ordinary people. And um, I think, given the scale of the profits they're earning, um, that is an obvious area to look at in New Zealand. Uh, but also electricity, we have problems with the Gentailers. Now the interesting thing with the Gentailers is unlike uh, Europe, where the war in Ukraine is a definite driver of prices, we're probably not being hit by that so much in the, in the electricity space. Um, but we have had sustained excess profit from the Gentailers for quite a while. So the Major Energy Users Group commissioned a study uh, that came out last year or earlier this year. And it looked at 20 years of Meridian and um, identified evidence of excess profit. And so I think it would just be quite a, a useful tool to help us tackle the climate crisis um, and the cost of living crisis at the same time. The Prime Minister was asked about this this morning and said um, Labor had no plans to propose anything uh, like that. What did you make of, of, of that statement? Because in, in theory, if, if this was uh, to become policy, it would need to have both the, both Labour and the Greens uh, uh, agreed? Well, I think it's unfortunate that they're not willing to look at something that would clearly be in the public good and is probably quite popular. Um, and ultimately, they're making a political choice there where they're saying that protecting the excess profit of a few big corporates, their investors, is more important to them than some of their other goals like getting kids out of poverty. And I think that's 
really unfortunate. Um, but ultimately, you know, if the Greens are in a position to form a government with Labour after the next election, I would say probably anything's going to be on the table. The argument that might come back from the banks and from other large companies is that they need these profits to reinvest in their businesses, but also uh, banks um, need profits to have strong reserves and therefore be strong banks that are not in any danger of um, collapsing. What you, would your argument be back to that? Well, a lot of the time they're not putting it back into the companies, right? I mean, that's what, like if anything, earning excess profit is probably a, if it's a disincentive to innovate and to invest. And if we have a higher corporate tax rate, uh, a more reasonable one, um, or we have an excess profit tax in a way that can be used quite effectively by government to incentivize the types of investments we need them to make. So if I'm thinking about the energy companies, you know, who are very sluggish to invest in renewable generation or and they don't really do much on the efficiency side, um, that, you know, you can offer tax credits for those things and then uh, you actually incentivize more investment in that way. And, you know, it's kind of the same with the banks. I feel like the problem with the banks is, firstly, they said the same thing to Margaret Thatcher and it was, it was fine. That's always their threat that you're going to upset banking stability. But they're still earning money. You know, even if you apply a higher rate to that excess profit, they're still making excess profit. Um, and they're definitely still making money. So I don't, I don't buy it. I don't buy that argument. Um, I think economic theory suggests actually that it's, you're gonna have better outcomes. And if the banks did fall over, you can absolutely bet that the government will be the guarantor and bailing them out. So really it's, it's the public sector that needs to get more of a share of this money rather than it just flowing into the hands of those investors um, you know and probably uh, resulting in higher pay for corporate execs chief executives and just on this issue of whether it's a one-off or whether it's a permanent increase in the corporate tax rate from 28 cents uh, um, do, do you have a, a strong view yet on which which one you'd prefer because if it's a full-time forever increase in the permanent, permanent corporate tax rate, let's say from 28 cents to 33 cents, the trust rate, there's quite a substantial change in the, in the structure. Um, it was 33% from, you know, and it was much higher back in the day, but it was 33% for the early 2000s. Um, the, you know, foreign direct investment actually went down after they lowered the corporate rate, or the company rate to 28%. So I, I really quite, you know, there's, there was a lot of lobbying and a lot of like think tank stuff flying around about corporate tax rates. A bit of a race to the bottom of company of countries lowering the corporate tax rate to attract foreign investment and businesses to come there. And I think now we've really seen that that has not benefited most people and most countries. And so we're trying to get back to a reasonable level of companies contributions of those profits to the public infrastructure and services that enable them to make that money. So I mean, I, I kind of, I, I see, <laughs> why not both? Um, you know, 33% corporate tax rate, company tax rate, excuse me, and, um, and maybe still having the windfall option for when there are those excess profits, applying a higher rate to the portion that's deemed to be excess. With the supermarkets, 
Um, the ComCom found that it was a million dollars a day they've been making in excess profit, and that's about 50% of their profit. So you'd apply the 33% rate to um, the normal profit, and then that excess profit, um, maybe a, a little extra, a higher rate, and that would um, really help us in a situation like the one we've been in where we have extraordinary circumstances. And government, it's fair for those big corporates to pay their fair share of the public needs um, in order to respond to something like a pandemic or a war. Julianne Genta, the finance spokesperson for the Green Party, thank you very much for being on the Kaka. Thank you.